0: fee and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Loaf Strangers, a Swindon Town fan podcast with me, Rich Pullen, proudly sponsored by the STFC Official Supporters Club.
2: Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside!
3: Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot!
1: Oh, and a good goal! it's fouled! for Shearer,
2: No I will win this league anyway. Richard, He's hit it. It's Cradley! Yeah.
3: How are you?
0: I am very well, and thank you very much for agreeing to take part in this here pod. It's a pleasure. So the first question is nice and easy, just to get us warmed up. When you were younger, who was your favourite team and who were your football heroes?
3: Uh, it was my, well, my my dad made me sport man-new so it was it's great at the time, but obviously nowadays it's it's more a burden on me than anything else. <laughs> so yeah, it was uh, probably Ryan Giggs as well was my my idol at the time. My only one that I used to sort of think yeah that's that's what I want to be like when you when you when you go into football, do you maintain that love for a football
0: club or does it become business
3: i always I always sort of thought Manu was always my team, but at the time when obviously when I was at Newcastle, it was a bit different because we actually played them in the in the final, and in my head, I was thinking it was the under seventeens final, so we were playing them, and I was just like that thinking did I actually want the sport because you're playing you want your team to win and then outside of that it was only 17s anyway you think well I just want the the senior team to do to do well so yeah always man you kind of for me and sort of Celtic growing up in Ireland was always Celtic as well (laughs) it's always Celtic Uh...
0: has to be yeah (laughs) (laughs) as you said there you grew up in Ireland what's the football experience like for a kid growing up in 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 Dublin and
3: it was it was really really well sort of organized just uh, they had um, they had a really, really sort of professional kind of setup because um different teams from England used to sort of pump money into the, the boys' clubs in Ireland to have basically a first refusal on them. So if they saw someone that looked half decent or anything, they'd basically say to the club, Yeah, we want to take him over so they they come up with an agreement to, to get people over. At a very young age. I was I started going over when I was twelve, which I think they they changed, um, sort of did after I went over because it was uh, meant to be too young for uh, sort of players going over and signing. So I don't know what the... They, ch- they definitely changed something. But yeah, my first time over to England was when I was 12 and that was the Wolves.
0: Wow, so they were... They were looking at you that young. And what do they do when they when they send you over to, to the Midlands?
3: Uh, well, they put you on a plane, <laughs> you land, and you're put, taken on a bus straight into training with obviously people you have no idea with. The only saving grace is if one of your teammates was going with you. Otherwise, it was just you sat in silence. And I, I was very, I was shy. Probably still am shy now, I'm meeting new people. So I'm probably a little bit better now because of the job I'm in. But uh, at the time, I was so shy, so I, I wouldn't talk to anybody. I mean, my head would be just down, and you just want to get the football done, and then it's back to the hotel, and you just, you're just you on your own again. So, yeah, it's, it's a, bit, a bit different from sort of your everyday kind of life for a, a 12-year-old. But obviously, the reward was always there because you just think, oh, if I do well now, you're kind of your dream that... Every day I used to pray and say, please be a professional footballer. I'm sure there's a lot of people now that sort of relates to us, youngsters sort of coming up that think I just want to be a footballer. And that was the kind of mentality you have yeah. for for a long period until it goes. Were there any other sports or was it just football? Uh, we were made to play rugby in school and sort uh, so the, the Irish football, we were made to play both of them. So, yeah, I, played, I actually played the, the GAA for... What was that? That was up till probably 12 and then I had to stop because the GAA was on a Sunday and then the football was on a Saturday and then you'd have football training and say on the Tuesday the GAA on the Monday. It was basically every day you had something so I was told I had to drop one of them so it was always going to be the the GAA I had to drop.
0: Well we're only a few minutes into the pod but I'm already going to mention it. Pace, there you go, it's already been mentioned. So (laughs) at at, at what point was your speed becoming like, well, this guy's this guy's got something here?
3: Yeah, it was when I was, again, probably when I was 11, 12, when I really started to sort of kick on. I think I was just getting sort of more stronger and my pace was actually getting better and better said so as the years were going when I was 12 I, was, I felt like I was getting faster and faster and then obviously the, dread, the dreaded hamstrings started to actually they, they played up with me at, at an early age <laughs> <laughs> they honestly they really did I said my my dad actually I'm sure sat me down and was like you got to start sort of focusing on school more because uh, obviously, I had a load of injuries, which everyone will obviously remember. But this is when I was 12 that nobody remembers. And he basically was saying to me, you're getting injured so much that clubs are going to sort of go away from you and stop. So the trials and I did try up for probably a year, maybe a year or so, and I didn't get anything. So I went from having trials with a good few clubs to basically... A lot of people losing interest in me, so I rejected contracts at certain clubs, and I thought, Jesus, I've I made, I made, I made a mistake here, because uh, yeah, I just kept tearing my hamstring when I was, I, think I was thirteen, around thirteen, yeah. Who, so that, uh, who were the pit- clubs
0: that you rejected?
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh Wolves was one of them. Yeah. Wolves was actually the first one, but it was the first offer I had. I was, I was a twelve-year-old. And the money they offered me, like for a I at a twelve year old, was like, "No, Jesus Christ!" I would have signed it there and then if they had offered it to me. But uh, we were quite fortunate that uh, my the boys' club we were at was run by a guy who was uh, an agent. Well, it wasn't run by; he had a part to play in it, obviously. And he was an agent, and he became quite friendly with uh, my family. So he offered advice, and they said, "Don't, don't sign it. There'll be more, and there'll be better." etc etc so I decided to reject this which obviously is a big thing to sort of do uh, at 12 rejecting a sort of club like because Wolves Wolves are really good as well and they were really good with with me made me feel really kind of special to be fair they made my mum and dad feel special they they brought them over brought them to games introduced them to the team etc so they they sort of done everything really well the advice I was given was don't do it, so I took it.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, how, how do clubs woo families into, you know, moving their child across the Irish sea to play I
3: think I think, my, I think my, I don't know about my mom. my dad was probably telling him just take him anyway, but my, my mom was the one, she, she's scared of flying anyway, so she would have been dreading going over there. But yeah, my dad would have been just like, yeah, just go get him out of my sight kind of thing. So I don't think it was as hard for my parents. But they, they knew because at school, like, I, just, I couldn't be bothered. I, I really couldn't. I was just like, I don't want to do this. It's not it's not me. I said, don't get me wrong. I was, I was actually okay at school, but I, I just had zero interest in it. I, I just hate being in, indoors and that. So I said, I do relate to a lot of people when, who have kids who feel like that because you're trying to sort of advise them on doing something that you didn't want to do.
0: I can completely relate to that. I think I'm... Yeah. A,
3: I, I think I'm... A, I mean,
0: I'm I'm no sportsman by any shape of the imagination, but I sort of maxed out of secondary school around about the third year. It just wasn't sort of stimulating. I wasn't the worst student in the world. I wasn't the best one by a mile. You know, if you've got this... Uh, You've got these football clubs that are saying, "Come and join us." You kind of, I guess, (laughs) giving you an easy route. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, I think it was the coal mine for me, not football. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yeah, we didn't have them over there. Otherwise, I'd say I'd be the same. To be honest.
0: Newcastle United who you do choose and
3: that would have been when you were what, sixteen? Uh yeah, was because sixteen fifteen 'cause 15. we moved over at sixteen. So um I think I agreed with you couldn't sign until you were sixteen. My memory's li I'm sure that's the case. I might be wrong by a few months, but yeah, about just turned before I turned sixteen, uh, was um they were the the team that I was over with. Don't get me wrong. Their academy setup, I didn't think was the best. Was the coach that was there. He was by far the best that I sort of had, and he just he he basically did uh, Damien Duff. He basically made him well what he what he was. I wouldn't say made him, what helped make him what he was. <laughs> Uh, with his training and that, and really focused on wingers, and obviously I did have a lot of pace, but there was a hell of a lot of areas to my game I need, really needed to work on, uh, which obviously continued through my career. So he, he he actually did really really improve that. And I said he used to he used to actually get the best out of me.
0: Yeah, who who was this coach? Uh, Alan Irvine. Oh yes, yes. So are we talking yeah. Everton, Preston North
3: End, Moyes? Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's after Newcastle. I think he went to Everton. Yeah, yeah. Well, so fantastic. He did, yeah. So, so yeah. who was in your who was in the same
0: year group as you at Newcastle?
3: Um, who's the, that's playing now? Um, Stephen Taylor used to play a year above himself, so he was in our team, but he was very good. So he used to play. He was actually a year below us, but he used to play in our team. That was under sort of seventeens. Uh, yeah. one of my best mates of football was Chris Gate, so he's over in Australia now. He doesn't. Play. A lot of them actually I don't think, play anymore. I think he played for Gateshead, didn't he? Chris Gateshead, you're Gay. right, yeah, yeah, yeah you're dead yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. He's just football knowledge is um, top
0: drawer, isn't he? It, it? it. It's a curse. I saw him play for, <laughs> I think I saw him play for Gateshead in around about 2011 10 time, but really? 100% definitely saw him, yeah. Yeah, yeah
3: it's mean, the wedding in Australia, is 2022, so he's given me a couple of years' notice. <laughs> saving, yeah, saving, <laughs> yeah. <save> it, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say it's a long old trip. so yeah, but uh, he was. One of them, I think him, and then when we got into the reserves and that, obviously, likes Andy Carroll and that was was coming through. So we played with him for um, probably about a year when he was coming. Just before I left, he was in the reserve team as well.
0: This this is what people will forget is this isn't new the Newcastle United that we all know now, which is sort kind of easily laughed at. This is this is Bobby Robson. As a youth, yeah, anyway, this is Bobby Robson finishing top say, five era, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it was. I travel I think my, one of my debuts was in Europe. Uh, I came on in one of, the, one of the games in Europe, we were qualifying for um, Europa or something it was. Uh, the Intertoto so I think I got a, Cup. Yesterday. Intertoto, that's it, yeah. Jeez, you're just going to keep correct- correcting <laughs> me on this. <laughs> yeah, you're, like I said, you you know obviously a lot more. So uh, yeah, it was in and around that, but the squad was... I actually found a picture the other day of it. My mum had, had it at home and I just looked at the squad. The squad was just mm-hmm. so full of, full of talent. They, they really were sort of... Top kind of five sort of squad that they had there. Before we
0: get into the seniors, though, the, on, in the youth setup, I mean, this is like I said, this is you know your sort of yo-yo club, Newcastle United that we know now. This is top five Premier League. So, what were the expectations for you guys and the sort of realistic? realistic sort of aspirations to
3: make that first team? Um, well, we used to train kind of alongside. Them. We used, we actually played. So our under-17s team, we won the... So we beat Man U in the final. Um, so we were basically... We beat Arsenal. We beat, we beat everyone. Everyone that came up. We, we had a really, really strong sort of youth team. So the Bobby Robson at the time actually took note of us and was like, geez, these guys are actually <laughs> a, a very good kind of squad. And um one training session he came over and goes I need a I need these young guys, I need your young team to play against the first team. And we were all obviously we were all buzzing and as as I got older I realised how much of like sort of the first team would have had no interest, but the youngsters had <laughs> so much interest. I mean it was it was the cup final, so we were trying and trying. And we actually scored we actually scored and went to goal up. Against them. And I just remember Bobby Robson for sure. no joke, must have been 15 minutes. So it was, meant, it was an open game up. So we scored all open. And then all of a sudden, they have to keep practicing corners. <laughs> and they kept practicing until they scored, until they scored probably two. And it was just the fact that he he wouldn't let us be the team to beat his first team because he knew all of us would be thinking, geez, we've beaten the first team and think we were on top of the world," kind of thing. So yeah, we were uh, we just remembered looking at each other, going, "Why does he keep making them take sort of free kicks and corners against us?" And it was obviously until till they scored, but uh, we realised that they're kind of reserving themselves, and we were giving everything we had actually got. Yeah. What was Bobby Robson like? He was brilliant. He he was really good. Yeah. It, was, it was really my my kind of memory of of him was when I signed. He obviously met me, met my family, and then <clears throat> when he was actually getting sort of got on his way out, I just remember him sort of coming through, and he was like Newcastle through and through. He he was devastated. I'll never forget it. I said just seeing him walking down the corridor, and he, he was just. So upset kind of about us, but it was because he, he absolutely loved the team that everyone loved him like he was he was he was he was amazing he he was just brilliant. he just had something really about him that was was special. so it was um my actual real memory that I've got of him is actually quite sad because it is the day that he was uh, leaving and packing up his office to go
0: of course cuz he was retiring but they fast tracked it didn't they yeah
3: mm. yeah yeah i think they they kind of wanted him to uh, wanted them out they were um obviously where where they were in the table and thought that maybe a fresh face kind of coming in might uh, might help with that
0: yeah i mean i used to live in newcastle for about 5 years up until about 8 years ago and so i know what football means in that city and in in the south they kind of get a lot of people roll their eyes at Newcastle, don't they? They they just think it's it's they're a bit crazy. I crazy, think... <laughs> that's the exact word. Yeah, <laughs> and I think they are to a degree, but it's a great place to experience football, isn't it? Newcastle.
3: It's amazing. Yeah. It so it was. It's my one regret, even today, when I'm like, I do. I listen to sort of positive things and that. And it's my one thing. that I just think, why did I ever leave there? They absolutely love football, and as long as you you work hard they They actually like near I wouldn't say they don't care, but that's their one thing i said they they do the worst, but it's everything they've got up there. It's the one thing they look forward to every Saturday is going to support their team <clears throat> so yeah they're they're kind of special kind of fans, so they are and they've they stayed loyal to them like even when they went out of out of the prem, they were still getting massive support and championship and that as well
0: certainly were now you are one of the lucky people in the sense that yeah sure you know you play nine games and i know speaking to various footballers over the years when i say you play nine games you guys roll your eyes and go yeah only nine but you still yeah. you still did that and it was an incredible squad, as you've already mentioned, full of massive, massive names. We're talking Alan Shearer, we're talking James Milner, Nicky Butt, Solano, you know, yeah. Shay Given, of course, major names in I Premier was League say, history.
3: Dyer, Michael Owen, Scott Parker. <laughs> yeah. There's lo- there, the squad was just, honestly, it was such a strong, strong squad. Had they never sort of... Got more, uh, I don't know, but yeah, it was and it was it was great actually getting in and amongst us because training with them every day, you actually felt like you, you're part of this. But I think playing with players like that, they do raise your your game. And training with them, they raise your game because if you're not up to us, I remember Bellamy as well. He used to like he used to be really actually good for the youths. He used to come over and train with us because the not the youths, the reserves used to be a higher kind of intensity because we had Tommy Craig it was reserved and i mean his sessions were so intense it was just 100 mile an hour and you honestly you could not hide anywhere so i used to come over and join in but he used to actually help us and coach us and tell us you should be working on this you should be doing that's he actually got me into doing speed work because i used to watch him and he used to do every after training he used to just do speed work and that and i was just like looking on jeez i want to be like that and then he was we'd banter each other off everyone would say i would destroy you and he was like yeah he probably would but he goes not o- not over 10 yards because that was his kind of thing and then he'd actually say to me you need to work over 10 yards instead of being over a longer kind of distance over a longer distance he was actually really good for sort of helping youngsters out I know he's been getting a bit of bad bad press about <laughs> uh, being at well whatever wherever he was but uh, when I was there with uh, Newcastle he was he was really good with us you're you a pro for a few
0: seasons at Newcastle, at what point do you sort of become like a part of the senior side? Are you, as soon as you get your senior pro or you kind of like a reserve and then maybe every time, every now and again, you may look at Alan Shearer in the eyes every now and again.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You get your, your kind of, your intro into them that you have to do um, for, which obviously I don't think they'll do anything like that these days. Um, and what, and what was that? Yeah, is it the initiation? Yeah. <laughs> Ours was a bit. My uh, luckily, mine was actually sort of a lot safer than other ones I've seen. I won't say the other ones I've seen, but mine was actually had to get hypnotized, <laughs> and you had to do stuff uh, that you that you just had to do, and you didn't know anything about us, and then. That was it, really. <laughs> there was a few few other bits on it, but yeah, he basically got hypnotised. Couldn't do anything. Obviously, too dodgy because it was a proper <laughs> hypnotist guy. But apparently, you made a fool of yourself. You walked around with underwear in public places, etc. And that was your initiation that you had to do um to get accepted, not accepted into the team, but obviously just for a bit of banter to get you feeling sort of a bit easier when you're in and around them it takes a couple of seasons probably though because the first year still you're not in the same changing room and that and then when you go into the same changing room you probably feel a little bit more when you're in the same changing room which i was in for one season in the same changing room
0: i think i'd rather stand on a stool and sing a song
3: yeah i don't know see that's the safer option now but obviously <laughs> there's all these rules and regulations and things that <laughs> you can't have. but before before my one, the year before, uh, I was um, a lot worse. So uh, yeah, I was quite quite glad that it was a. Uh, I was just hypnotized, to be honest. Jumping forward, what was your initiation song? Uh, what did I sing? Uh, I used to do Oasis. Don't look back in anger. I think used to be my kind of. Yeah, so I yeah. don't have a good voice though, and like I said, I was, I was shy, I could not think of anything worse than getting up in front of people, <laughs> so I think we actually ended up, when I, was, when I was in the Irish team, we actually did done a, a duet kind of thing, because two of us were so nervous, they actually felt sorry for us, and we were like, right, two of you can, can do it together. And I remember him just stopped singing, and it was just me, and I could just hear my voice. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is the worst day of my life. But, yeah, said so it's it's a common thing. But it's good because it gets you in with the lads.
0: What are your standout memories of playing for the uh, Newcastle senior team?
3: My one was the Premiership debut against Fulham at Craven Cottage. said it came on for Albert Luke? wasn't yeah, it? Sure. Yeah, Albert Luke uh, came on. And um, I just remember I have she said, I must have crossed the ball in three, four really good crosses That she Probably should have scored back post, headed just wide. And I just, uh, I, d- I didn't care. I just, honestly, I was just like so, just knocking it by I think it was Rossini playing right back. Yeah. And one of my friends was actually at Fulham. He was in the Irish team with me. And he just said after the game, he was like, Rossini was like, what the hell was that? And I just remember after the game, like, okay, I think we lost. But the gaffer pulled me and just was like, oh, so we lost this, but you done brilliant when you came on. Sort of keep it up. And then all the sort of first team were saying, and so you just felt that oh, these guys actually think I I deserve to be here. I think that's the main thing. You're just trying to prove that you deserve to be there.
0: What, what was the senior, such a a major name like Alan Shearer like to you? He was
3: he was fun. He was good. You know, they, they actually were all good. They, they obviously, it's hard because after obviously I went through that was, was Swindon when I was a bit older, and you probably don't have enough time for the youngsters and that because they're just. I don't know. You just you've got your mates, and yeah. then you'll have like a little bit of banter. But in terms of like helping you and giving you advice, they, they did want you to, to do well in that, and they they were they were very encouraging. Mm. To you, I said I was got friendly with sort of the, the Irish guys. Looked after me because I think they think I oh, was a young guy over here, and so Shay and Stuffer and Stephen Carr used to sort of take me out. We'd go out for food, we'd go watch football and that together, and it was just everything was very chilled and sort of you never kind of thought about missing home I actually used to like at the end of the season like not even be bothered about going back home I'd be allowed to say in Newcastle because all my, all my kind of new friends were there I obviously had some of my best mates in, in Ireland still, still do yeah. but I, they used to love coming over my Irish mates used to be over I'd say twice a month just to come over and that so it, it became like a place that we just nearly based ourselves in our in Newcastle.
0: It's a good city to be
3: based in. <laughs> it is at that age, <laughs> and you're playing for their team. It was a great, it's a great city to yeah. be based in. Whereabouts so were you in. based? Jesmond.
0: Uh, oh no, Jesmond, lovely,
3: a lovely dad. place. Yeah, good, very good digs. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is, when I was in my digs, he was he was brilliant. He he didn't let me. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't touch alcohol I think, until I was gone eighteen, eighteen, nineteen. I didn't even drink because he, he would basically warn me and say he'll tell the club if I was out so I used to not even go go out but then obviously as soon as I left and got my own place it all changed yeah for, for those
0: listening that's where all the fancy bars are in Jesmond as well nice pretty bars <laughs>
3: Yeah, it is very very good I strongly recommend that if anyone's after to have a, have a go up there and just uh, enjoy themselves have a nice night out it's cheap drink as well absolutely it is.
0: yeah it's the best carry on the ball, he's got Ward with him,
2: timing of the pass is crucial, a touch and shoot, yes, you bet!
0: during this time that you represent the Republic of Ireland you represent them at under 19 and under 21 level and you you only get yourself five caps as well and not against your minor sort of football teams either I mean you played against the Germans didn't you? played
3: the Germans, the Dutch, yeah. the Czechs. And it was a the other one Cyprus, was it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, well, um, to talk about Bolivia that. Bolivia as well. Yeah. So yeah, I, my well, one of one of the mistakes I made was actually leaving Newcastle because it was a ticket into the Irish team as well. Yeah. Obviously I had Duffer which Duffer was amazing, and one of the best swingers probably at, at the time was definitely in the top top few anyway <clears throat> in the world. He was he was flying, but anytime he was injured, I was sort of next in line. And he'd sometimes go on to the right, which would open up me to be on the left. When I left Newcastle, I did feel that my Irish kind of thing sort of dwindled. I'd just go over after doing well, and I, I wouldn't even make that. Then I was just traveling over there and going basically training with them and then watching games. Yeah.
0: I mean this is not the most successful period in in Irish football history is it but I mean <laughs> What do you mean? Well, 5-2 loss against Cyprus oh, probably uh, isn't it.
3: Let, let's not let's not uh play this down a lot. It was a very high standard of Irish. <laughs> Great players the oppo- in there. The opposition were very strong at the time. <laughs> do you remember some of the players you played against? Some big <laughs> yeah. big names in there. Uh, yeah, I do actually, Philip Lamb because yeah. he was one of the best right backs in the world at the time, and I just remember coming on against him, and yeah, it was we were one nil down, so I had a couple of couple of runs at him, but yeah. we uh, we couldn't get it back. Okay. That was in Germany. Though. That was that was amazing actually. So it was, that's when I, when I sort of came on in a game that actually really mattered. And she's like, yeah, come on, 10, 15. He probably should have given me a little bit longer, actually, because they they were sort of bumming for. But the German, they were so strong in defence, that I probably wouldn't have made a difference anyway. Just in my head, I would have thought <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like a bit more, a bit longer on the pitch. But yeah, it was, uh, no, I was, I was actually very grateful for the opportunity to, to play in them because I was getting in and amongst the, the Newcastle team and actually doing really well, um, even at reserves and that. And he came, Staunton came over and watched a few uh, games. And when I came on, I think there was a friendly against Norwich. We played and I did really well. And he actually he came over and he just said, "No, I want you in." So he he gave me a chance, sort of on the back of not sort of playing regularly for for club or anything like that, just coming on in games. Nice, yeah.
0: I mean Schweinsteiger, I think, played in that game. Balak. Closer friends, and then, as you've already mentioned, the Dutch. you had like Van der Vaart and Huntelaar and Van Persie. Van Persie, Robin.
3: Van der Zaar was in goal. Yeah, they they had serious team. Those. Yeah, yeah, it was. You you sort of you look back on us, I look back at now. At the time, I didn't. Honestly, at the time, nothing bothered me. I didn't care. I was just like, yeah, whatever. And I didn't take. I wish I was like I am now because I would have taken way more of it in and been like really sort of absorbed that I was just oblivious to it and just like yeah great we're here what's next kind of thing but just, I said looking back now I was just like what were you thinking just <laughs> do, do,
0: you think, yeah. do you think that's because it was all happening very very quickly for you
3: I just I was blazed like I think if you ask any of the guys I spoke to I was just I, I just didn't keep like I, was, I just wasn't bothered about yeah. stuff like that yeah. I was just so I'm very very kind of chilled and just sort of went with it but now when I actually like going around and exploring places and taking stuff in, I'm just like, oh God, I wish I took that in more. I wish I took that in more. But yeah, it did happen very fast and I was young and I just maybe I just sort of was probably immature and didn't didn't take it on board.
0: Uh, and anyone listening to this knows that I'm obsessed with international caps. Do you get a cap with Ireland for each game you play?
3: You can request it, apparently. No. You haven't got yeah, one? Yeah, I've got one. I've got one, not for each game though, I've got one, well, my mum's got one, she's got like a shrine thing yeah. of, of me, but I said I don't personally have one, no, I don't have actually anything, I think I've got a few Newcastle shirts and a couple of Irish ones <laughs> that are packed away somewhere, but my mum has, yeah. if I ever need anything like that, or pictures, I always just text my mum because she's got... What my brothers and sister call my shrine. <laughs> <laughs> they say we bit it through gritted teeth. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, they want to sabotage it. Actually, so uh, oh, yeah, every time I go over, it's still standing. So as long as she's alive, it's alive. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It well,
0: you move to Hibbs in two thousand and seven, and I guess really, I mean, I've got to be careful what I say here because. You know, my cousin supports Hibernian, my stepdad's from Edinburgh. So, uh, so I've, I've got strong connection a bit, uh, yeah, there. Yeah, strong. You know, lived in Newcastle. You really do the Rich Pull and Tour um, yeah. throughout, <laughs> your, throughout your career. So, Newcastle, Edinburgh, I spent a lot of time. And you go off to Hibernian. So, you know, I, my allegiance in Edinburgh is firmly with the green side of yeah. Edinburgh. So, but it's, I don't know whether, you know, how to, to really ask this because Newcastle to Hibs. I mean, you say you regret leaving Newcastle. Were there any other options at that
3: time? Yeah, you know what? There, was, there actually was. I was I was, after, I was, I was actually going through a transition period of my who um, was looking after me, yeah. so advising me, and I was changing to um, to a different person, and I listened to a different person of my old advisor, and I should listen. He just said to me, "He goes, even if he does, even if he doesn't do the deal, he says, don't leave Newcastle." And then I had another but it was look, it was a lottery. It was like you can go to Hibs and play every week kind of thing. Obviously if you're it didn't work like that because I got injured in preseason. I've actually fractured my right foot and didn't get told about it. Mm. Um yeah, which sorta of killed me and I was wondering why the hell I couldn't run and put weight on my ankle, but it was because I had a little little fracture in it. But yeah, just it's different different people advising me, and I probably made the wrong decision at the at the time was the right decision. Hindsight looking back, which I'm sure we all in the, in our lives <laughs> look back and think, yeah, we should have done that. The mine unfortunately was a was a big one, and it was uh, leaving a team that offered me um, more money to stay, and I would have probably played a lot that season because uh, the people in front of me got injured. Hindsight, as you say. <laughs> Yeah, no, Mm. it it still haunts me today. (laughs) Hibs, though, I mean,
0: although, you know, they're not old firm, they're a well-supported team in a city, again, not too dissimilar from Newcastle in the sense that they're football mad the difference here there's two teams in the city a huge rivalry you played against the old firm but you also played in that Edinburgh derby and you also won in most of those games as well
3: yeah so the the, the Hibs thing was 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 very good said so I've, I've actually still very good friends with a couple a couple of the lads up there I've never been back actually the fans didn't really <laughs> like me <so> they <laughs> and they made they, they didn't hide it put it that way so I mean they yeah some days I was just looking around me, thinking, "Why am I getting this kind of grief?" But you know what? As an actual club, it was actually a good place to be. I'd Tommy Craig, my uh, old coach at Newcastle. He went there, and that's the real reason why I went. He he spoke to me and just said, "He'll you know, obviously help me out." There didn't uh, work out that way. Obviously, himself and <coughs> John Collins. So I think it was the season. I might be wrong. I yeah. think it was the season I signed. It was into into the season. They, they, they both went, which obviously sort of killed me a little bit because I, I only went because Tommy Craig I knew how much he kind of worked with me and on stuff that I needed working on. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, that sort of killed me a little bit.
0: Yeah, what happened there? Because I remember John Collins; he won the cup with them, and all seemed well. And then he 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 just waltzed, didn't he? I mean, it seemed very <laughs> the, the joke
3: the joking part is he made a couple of bad signings, which was <laughs> 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 sealed his fate. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> he was overpaying certain people for <laughs> for not doing very much. So that was uh, that was a negative. But yeah, he actually did well, and he he, he was. He was really good as well. He he was like an animal, like he was just a machine, just trained, train, train, gym. Like everything was just so regimented and sort of had everyone in great, great shape and that. And yeah, he obviously he won, he won something with him. So um, it, it was a surprise that they didn't give him a little bit longer.
0: Mm. What, what's it like playing in that in that Edinburgh derby?
3: Yes, I say, Rich, honestly, on all them. I was very blase. I was just like, oh, right, this is it kind of thing. The one game I actually remember is the season that I signed for Swindon. It was one of my first games back. And literally, he had nobody else to play, which was the only reason I was playing. And I was just like that going, I need to get out of here. <laughs> and then it was it was one of the games that um, I'm sure Danny Wilson was watching or one of his people were watching. And it was on TV. And it was my first game for ages. And I actually played quite well, which actually got me the move down here. Yeah. Um, but the, it it was very good. I said there there was a lot of hostility and that. But there 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 is that in, in all games now. Said there's so much kind of depending on it, and you've got even Sunday League games. People are so competitive, and people on the side get so aggressive, and you just multiply that by whatever forty thousand that in the city kind of hate each other. It's the same in Newcastle. Newcastle v Sunderland. I know they're not, they're they're bitter rivals, even that they're not the same city, but. It's just—it's the same. It's just escalated mm. by a massive kind of number, mm. and but the players are protected a lot from it, apart from when you're on the pitch. Which the only time is when you like when you actually sort of look around you and start listening, you hear the kind of abuse that you're getting. But most of the time, you don't even hear it. You just you just get on with it.
0: The young Alan O'Brien would have certainly been impressed that you uh, you got to play at Celtic.
3: Yeah, very. That was that was a, re- a really good one. Said so thus and play against. Rangers as well, because they were always the team that he always wanted Celtic to sort of beat and then to play against them and try beat them as well. It was like he'd always want to really beat Rangers. And then Celtic, obviously, they're your boyard team, but you still want to beat them. Just say, oh, we beat Celt- played Celtic today, beat them. And I used to like messaging my mates in Ireland and just say, oh, on my way to Parkhead and stuff like that. So it was, uh, yeah, it was. There's a, there's a lot that you can actually look back on and think, geez, yeah, I, I should have taken pictures and stuff like that or kept tops <laughs> and that, but I actually didn't do any of it. So it's uh, look, lucky I've got you reminding me of it.
0: Uh, and you are quite welcome because I'm pretty sure there was a Barcelona friendly as well.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I still get grief about that today. So I do from uh, Fletch. Apparently, if I had crossed the ball a little bit better, I don't know where he gets that. I always thought my crossing was brilliant, but he said if I crossed the ball a little bit better, uh, I'd be still in the game that game because I I ran the pitch. It was uh, Danny Alves was his debut it was and. <laughs> Yeah, I remember getting the ball on the, from their corner and breaking, and I absolutely blitzed them, couldn't get near me. Fletch was in the box, unmarked, unmarked <laughs> and I crossed it. And obviously, Valdez, or was it where, was, was Valdez in goal? I might I be wrong. So, yeah, yeah sure. he came out and literally picked the ball up. <laughs> My argument was Fletch needed to be faster. His was, I need to cross better, which is probably right. So, uh, yeah. That was uh, my, my memory of them. But they had, they had some... special. Well, they're still playing now. Messi was playing. I think he scored. It was actually a young guy. He's still Paul Hanlon. He's still up there now. Yeah. And he was good. He's he's a good defender. Like, we played against him in training and that. And you'd say he's a good defender. Him. Like, he'd never really get ripped up in that. And I just remember looking and Messi had put three or four passes in the first 20 minutes. And, like, I was just like he's he's not going to want to play ever again luckily he recovered and he's still playing now but it just shows you the quality kind of difference in them that was yeah they, they were diff- different level but it, it, it was okay because they actually done the same to man u i think that the season after in the final they played man u i'm sure mm. in champions league final and they absolutely destroyed them
0: well, there's no more seamless link than playing Barcelona than joining Swindon. So let's go with <laughs> <laughs> let, let's go with that because it all it all rolls into it's one. perfect, <laughs> doesn't it? Just blends naturally. Yeah. Uh, so you joined Swindon in 2009. Can you believe 11 years ago, almost absolutely crazy? Where is the time going I don't now? No, I don't know. So you signed a two-year deal in July. Danny Wilson signs you. So you say, Danny always, always team went and watched you. What do you remember about joining
3: Swindon? Um, I remember Swindon. I was in Vegas with my best mate, and I got a call saying you need to come come home uh, because. Hibs want you out, and Swindon want you in. Basically, <laughs> long story short, <laughs> uh, but you need to play it right, obviously, because if obviously if um, if Hibs knew that's when they wanted me, they might ask for money, which obviously at the time nobody would. Pay, so would have killed my deal, so I had to get back. We were in Vegas for three weeks, I think we and my best mate. Three uh, weeks. Oh I know, that's it. <laughs> I came back and like I hadn't really I don't I I always keep sort of half fit. But yeah, we were there three weeks, it was it was crazy and uh came back and i just remember looking at them and i was going to my agent going you can't make me let me join in because i remember danny going oh you can join in if you want and i was like my agent, going, no give me a week <laughs> just because i had to i had to sort myself out <laughs> so he made up i can't remember the excuse he may made up something and goes no no he won't today but uh Says he, he needs to get back and get all his stuff so, uh, sorted and signed but we'll, we'll do it, so I've done the medical don't know how I obviously ever passed the medical it would be be the joke probably but yeah, done my medical and joined and we had probably one of the best teams that I've, I've been, been involved in, in terms of banter and guys and quality and that, the team we had was was epic at Swindon we had some some amount of laughs about that, okay. that club
0: this is where I've got to stop you because everybody says this about this season this 2009 10 season <laughs> everyone everyone talks about how great that dressing room was How great the banter was, but nobody beyond maybe Callum Kennedy, I don't know if it was that exact season, has ever braved a story or two, surely. What
3: what was Callum's story? um,
0: It was the story where Simon Ferry pretended he was an agent for Ipswich Town and was said do you want to join it switch was 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 that
3: <laughs> that used to be the, the um on the bus trips or in the hotel probably the simon would pretend to be an agent for someone and be on loudspeaker but we yeah we we were She's me simon alan sheehan sean morrison hasney we yeah uh, we we had go good good laughs
0: what is going on in that dressing room i need to know
3: I was just trying to think if I can tell you a story. I've got a great story that we were laughing about the other day, but I, I don't know if it gets... A, if it gets... Um, no, it doesn't. It was about uh, Scott, Scott Cuthbert. <laughs> Scott Cuthbert, we used to... Well, I don't think this terminology the wrong way, because we weren't, like, burgling. We used to break into his house, basically, with his key. We had a <laughs> we, a certain person... I think it might have been Billy Painter, actually. Him and... Yeah, he was constantly, so we basically got a key cut. And it started off, we'd just go in and rearrange all his house and he'd turn back and like he'd come back after i think scoot was way on possibly international duty and he'd come back and be like what the hell's going on with my house and, But but cypher was actually in on it so cypher was laughing obviously in the background and thinking right and then it just stepped up and got escalating and escalating and ended up like that he actually thought like he, people were, <laughs> were burgling <laughs> and robbing stuff and putting things in places and then like I'm sure Billy was hiding in there one one day that he got back as well. And it was just uh, probably got a little bit out of control. And yeah, this is basically <laughs> said to us, if, if any more happens, I'm going to kick off. So uh, he didn't know who was actually involved. I think Billy got most of the blame. Billy and um, Sean Morrison got most of the blame. We were actually called the Banditos.
0: <laughs>
2: so we were,
3: that was the nickname. But yeah, the, there was a load more sort of happened, but that's the sort of tamed down version of... The, and the gist of it was breaking into Scott Cuthbert's house daily and rearranging his, his stuff. <laughs> I couldn't cope in the, uh, in the in
0: the football changing room. Trust me, I would crumble. <laughs> crumble, crumble. Yeah, I would
3: have crumbled if it was me. But the fact that I was in the in as part of the gang that was doing it, so I, I was fine. But yeah, we had a serious good bunch of guys. But it, sh- it showed that season because we should we should actually got promoted that that season. How we didn't was mental, we, we really should have with the squad that we had
0: Was Was there a,
3: a player that you didn't
0: mess with like you don't, just don't you, you're, you're...
3: Yeah, a couple Dougie, John Douglas, who's still a good friend of mine Geez, he was the most serious person ever. Like, uh, some people didn't know how to take him, but he sat beside me and, you know, he he was so good. And he's actually a laugh, but you just wouldn't mess with him. You wouldn't. And on the training ground, you wouldn't mess. Same as Gordy Greer. Gordon was my my business. I was in business with Gordy, actually, doing cars up till a year ago. So I still speak to Gordy quite a lot as well. Mm-hmm. and uh he was the same he said some people didn't know how to take them i think but i i found them great because the, i was obviously very close with with both of them really dougie especially so i've meet up with dougie sheens and that now as well so um they were very good but certain individuals uh if they didn't like jesus they, they wouldn't hold. i used to be because i'd i'd hate confrontation and, stuff, and Sometimes Dougie would just say something like to someone else, and I'd be obviously sat beside him, and I was like, "Where the hell?" And I was in the corner, so I couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> and I was just looking, going, "Oh, please don't kick off!" But everyone, like if you ask any of the guys, that's the they, I'm sure they'll say the two of them, Dougie and Gordy. Where the two. on on the pitch? Gordy definitely was like the worst. He was savage, but then off the pitch, he was the nicest guy in the world.
0: And um, what's Danny Wilson like as a, as a manager on this? So he, he sort of just allowed this sort of stuff to happen and then was it more serious on the training pitch?
3: Yeah, it was. Yeah, definitely. He he saw that we were like gelling as a team and doing sort of team things together. And even though it's obviously hammering one person, it's part, but it's part of football, they... You'll get one one week. You'll be hammered, and you'll be getting grief constantly. Next will be someone else's turn, but it builds you up, and he makes you have banter, and you all laugh about us. And he he saw us, so he he was really good. He'd come in and see us, <clears throat> but then on the training ground, he he got down to business. So it was yeah, he he was good. He supports everything would advise you i was obviously injured loads in it so it's always a bit harder for when you're injured if you, you feel like an outcast anyway but he did his best to try keep keep you involved in that and make you feel like he wanted you back which obviously would have been hard from at the time because I'm, i can't remember how long i was actually out for but it was a while yeah yeah
0: i mean going back a little bit you know dublin newcastle edinburgh swindon how, how did you find me? Still meeting? here. Yeah, and still there as well. I so know. it must have uh, made an impression
3: on you. Yeah, I always. I, it was really weird, actually, you know, because when I came here, I was thinking, like, oh, this is not for me, this kind of place. And then I stayed here and I was like, this place is actually all right? And then I'd think again, I was like, oh, I need to be in a city. but it's not. It's in, it's in a great kind of location. So it is. It's, um, it's in between a lot of areas. Yeah. And I said, I've got a lot of. Good friends and good people here that I sort of get on with, and I, I do actually really like it here.
0: Do people still say, "All right, Alan" from the Swindon town side of things?
3: I don't know. They from might give me grief. I think I don't really go. In. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go into the the centre much. But no, to be fair, actually, they, they do. They always, always. I usually get the one thing. I'm very quick in that, but. I'm sure in the back of the head they're saying, but yeah, that, that was all he was. <laughs> so I, my mates that are actually in Swindon banter me about that now, but it's all all obviously in the past. But uh, I do actually like sort of seeing Swindon do well. Well, hopefully this year they get back up because they need to be at least sort of League One um, and pushing kind of for Championship. But uh, it's very hard now when you look at the teams that are in and around the sort of League Two, League One. There's some massive teams down there now.
0: Absolutely, there are. So, as you quite rightly point out, in that first season, injuries play their part significantly. And and you say there you become an outsider, but, it, I mean, being in that dressing room probably helped you more than anything. But how frustrating is it for you, someone who experienced a lot of injuries from from the age of 12... Were you just used to it, or is it
3: is it quite is it more than frustrating when you're not part of you know, such a uh, good season? You know the, the worst the worst bit is actually when you come back from it and then get injured again. I remember I came on in a game and uh, I, I've done everything. Swindon were actually really good. They sent me to a specialist in London who basically said, like, look, you need to do this rehab. This is what's wrong with you. I can't believe this has been kind of missed for the last x amount of years. You like your body's absolutely battered with scar tissue from all your tears and your leg, different injuries. So Swindon actually got me to a guy that actually sort of pointed it all out, did all my rehab, got back, and then I remember the first sprint I did, and I'm sure my hammy just went again. And I remember just everyone booing, and I was just looking around. Like, the lads were actually sort of laughing, going... They don't know you're injured. Out, and I was like, "What? What am I meant to do? Am i meant to like <laughs> be, be like doing a stage thing to show I'm injured." But they thought I was actually just walking around the pitch in, in one one game, and I'm sure it was a really close game, and I'm, we might have been only one nil up, but I'd proper done my hammy again, and I couldn't like if, if have you ever if you've done your hammy, it said you struggle to walk sometimes in the initial kind of period, you cannot straighten your leg, and I just remember everyone booing, thinking I was lazy, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is so bad," and, and I think it was it was around kind of that. Sort of time when I was thinking, you know what, this football's not really for me anymore. so mm-hmm. my body's kind of, sort of saying to me, no. I like got Swindon have obviously done everything they can, put me in touch with a great person to try get me back to being in a condition because I did like I did show and like very small doses of what what i was capable of but i was kind of losing faith in myself at the time as well thinking geez what the hell's going on here and i probably wasn't like mentally strong enough to get over another inch because i was just out for so long and it was just constant something else if it wasn't my hammy my other hammy and i was just like nah it's it's just you just you get fed up kind of thing
0: yeah that, that's i think that's fair enough i think that's applicable in all jobs isn't it With your head yeah. goes you don't give 100% even if you want to it's, it's it's just the one i mean for those who don't remember i mean you get injured at the end of right about the end of august and then you're out until late november and then you're out from the end of december all the way to february and then after that yeah. again till may and you you're back for the playoffs but but you know that's that that's beyond frustrating and that's the sort of things where Almost like fans get frustrated with you because you're yeah. getting injured, even though that's not really your fault.
3: No, it's not. But don't get me wrong. When you look, when I look back now, I should have been, I should have been different on it. My rehab, I should have been, I should have been stricter on it. But I said at the time, you weren't sort of, you didn't know the amount of stuff that you know, kind of now, and you'd you'd be different, but it still wouldn't have sort of changed a lot of things because you you feel like I don't need to explain to these fans what's going on with my body like my back is slightly tilted which is why I'm sort of because at the end of the day they they probably don't really care they just they just sort of see and they think you're injured you you don't really care when really you're injured you're probably at your most vulnerable because you don't feel like you're part of the team fans are thinking he doesn't even want to be, be playing he's probably not even injured and it's just it's a knock on kind of thing. It's when it's not the case. You're if you're injured, it's you don't want to be injured because you're looking at it. at that time as well. Our team was so good, and it was such a good team because we played ball. We had like we were solid at the back. We were quick going forward. Our strikers got on the end of stuff. It's like it's actually the team that you want to be involved in because you'd actually really shine. Which a lot of well look 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 at the team now. Guys are still still shining now. Matt Ritchie just got back fit. Danny Ward still, Sean Morrison flying. Yeah. So there's there's loads like that are um in there and that was kind of the base of it all. Yeah. Because they, they got to shine then, which is I really think is what, what really helped a lot of them get to where they are now.
0: Yeah. I mean you feature in the in the playoffs, you play in all three games in the playoffs. I spoke to Stephen Derby last week, so you know nicest guy in football. Nicest guy in football. I would not yeah. disagree with that at all. So we've talked about the penalty shootout in depth, and yeah. I've, there's only one thing that I want to point out because, as I told Stephen, I've watched this penalty shootout more times than pretty much any other highlights footage. <laughs> Alan, yeah. you look petrified.
3: Yeah, you know that. I was next, don't you? <laughs> you, you, you know ne- I was after Darbs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was next on there. I like I obviously thought, nah, I said my, my luck. How my season had gone. This will be this will be the nail in my coffin. <laughs> going up to that pen out of my head, and I just I, in my head I couldn't even think in my head where I was going to put the ball. So I was like, Jesus Christ, Darbs! please, please score. And then when he did, it was just like such a relief. I was like, thank you. And I actually, I remember I ran up to him and was saying that, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, he saved me for either being a hero or a lot of embarrassment, To which how that season was going for me personally, it would have been uh, more embarrassment, I would have thought. Because <laughs> it, it cuts to
0: you guys. And I think it's after Ward scores. It turns, you can see... Um, you know, Dougie's just going, What a penno, what a penno, and you're just stood behind him, just sort of <laughs> giving this evil <laughs> stare, just
3: <laughs> thinking keeper just save it, <laughs> save, save, and then Darb score. That was all that was going through my head. I just I remembered the feeling I think, and I am next here. And I, I, I couldn't hide anywhere because they used to say like the attackers surely have got to be on. So how Darb slipped it, but Darb was just so calm anyway. He, um, he, he was like nah, no, I'll take one so yeah I was delighted that he kind of stepped up and was like yeah I'll take it and obviously the rest was history for him
2: 4 out of 5 for Charlton Athletic but it's 4 out of 4 for Swindon Town if Swindon score this penalty kick they are through to the Wembley final Derby Swindon are going to Wembley Stephen Derby with the winning penalty. Swindon Town successful with all five of their spot kicks. And Swindon Town go through to the League One playoff final.
0: You're listening to the Low Strangers podcast, proudly sponsored by the STFC Official Supporters Club there was a final to prepare for, but it was quite a big gap, wasn't there? It was about two weeks um, between the semi-final at the Valley and Wembley. What do you remember yeah. about that build-up and what do you remember about
3: Wembley? I just remember the, the training was so so much fun. It was, it was just so chilled. We didn't really do anything. Well, there was nothing strenuous because he didn't want, obviously, any injuries. So I was just chilled and we were doing shape play. And then in my head, I was thinking, is he going to play me because obviously there was rumours that Billy was, uh, the deal was done for Leeds or else was he going to stay with the team that obviously got him there while was injured the whole season so in my head I I thought it's only fair that everyone that got them there sort of plays in the final and I was just thinking in my head I just wanted to be part of it and come on and then obviously when um, we went a goal down i just remember things come on and just change this but Millwall Millwall were strong like they they didn't play attractive football but they were just big and strong mm. so they were there it was actually did did Simon tell you the story about, <laughs> about me and him at Millwall no go. When, <laughs> we were doing a warm up at Millwall and um, and obviously we had heard, like, this is a horrible place to kind of go for players and that. Me and him, anyway, went there together. Nobody, not, nobody was going out on their own. So it was like rocking out with him, just doing our little stretches. And we just, I'll, I won't i will say any of the bad language, so I'll filter out the bad language. And then it was, oh, we could hear me and si, were, like, stretching, looking at the game. We were like, oh, we heard us, oi, ginger. <laughs> and I was thinking, I'm not ginger. <laughs> <laughs> so I was looking at Sai. And we were banter. I was saying, Sai, he you. Want you? And then, like, it wasn't. He actually wanted me. So he was calling me, Ginger. And I, like, wouldn't stop. So I actually turned around. He goes, come here. And, like, was calling me over to him. So I was like, what the hell? So I was, like, sort of, sorry. I got up to just go over just in case he wanted, to, like, a signature. I don't know why, but it just wasn't. <laughs> Simon was just looking at me. And then he was like, come here. And as I got closer, he just went. F off will you? <laughs> <laughs> and Simon heard Everton on it, and I just looked and I thought, oh, I hate this place. <laughs> and was just ran back down to the bench, and he was just—that was his joke for me. For oh, God knows how long, he was just kept going. Oh, Ginger, come here! <laughs> and nobody thought, nobody knew why, but it was obviously because we were, yeah, where we were, and that was that was them. But yeah, getting back to the, the actual final. It was yeah the build up and everything too. It was it was so chilled it really was and it was the the only thing that was left was obviously for us to win that because uh, we were the better team than Millwall. But you say that but look, Millwall are still in that league now, aren't they? They've never they come back down at all. Th- Millwall had been there the year before, I, I believe, and I think that probably helped them.
0: And we just never seemed to get going. And the one big chance we had, the Wembley pitch. Sort of yeah. stitched us up, didn't it, with uh, with the bubble, um, and and the rest the of famous the famous bubble, uh, yeah, haunts us to this day.
3: <laughs> yeah, but like see, he's gone on and doing great now as well, so it's uh, it it does show you the the quality that was in that team. I I do th- I personally, th- obviously on the day they they deserved to to win, but I think uh, over the season. I think uh, as a as a team we, we probably deserved a little bit more. It's just it's just trying to see if that will ever happen again with Swindon. Mm. I don't know because they had they had some good backers, didn't they, at the time that were, you were able to attract, so obviously right, a lot of good yeah. players in. Yeah. So it's just whether that will happen again if somebody will come in and think let's give it a go. Yeah. Who knows? It, what interested
0: me what, from something you said before is, you know, football's a workplace. You know, you, you still have to sort of. Talk to everybody. It, it amazes me that you're still not 100 percent sure that Billy Painter's off. Is he not saying, "Nah, guys, I'm I'm on my way in the summer, whatever it's happens." All,
3: it's all very, it's all very secret. I was yeah. the same. Like when, whenever I was going anywhere, you just don't tell people because if you tell someone and it gets out, it could it can sort of stop your your move and. In case anything goes wrong, you don't want to look like an idiot, do you? Like, mm. if, I'm to you, if I'm saying to you, no, I'm off to here next week, yeah, I'm off to here. I, I, I know I've, I've got friends that have actually told me that they're going places, don't <laughs> tell anyone, and then nothing has come from it. But that's why they don't, because in football, something can just happen and it can be taken away from you straight away. Someone else might come available that they prefer, and then you're just like, oh, no, I'm not going. So at least if you don't tell anyone, you don't look like an idiot when people are going, Well, oh, I thought you were away. Yeah. Kind of thing on it, but I said there, there was rumors on but Billy. Never said anything. No, I was actually I was, I was up with Hasney, or then we were meant to be arranging trying to meet with uh, Billy as well, having a little reunion uh, and a catch up with everyone. Yeah, so it would be good because I haven't seen, seen a lot of them for many years.
0: Sometimes with transfers, as you say, they're secret, so you find out sometimes, I imagine, at the same time as we do, if not maybe just a little bit before. So when you hear that Gordon Greer's gone.
3: Do you just go? What the hell? Yeah, I remember we were joking. I actually remember, but I remember the time actually that Gordy was gone. I think it was Dougie said something. Yeah, he is gone, and then Gordy was like, "Yeah." We were just joking around the pitch, and I remember it was Danny Wilson was it at the time? Yeah, would have been saying like, "Don't," but he was just getting offered a move that you could never say no to. There was nothing, there was no badness. Like, obviously, there's a lot of things that you hear there's badness players <clears throat> kind of exiled out and that, but without there was none. It was just a normal day. And we were jogging around doing our warm up, and they were like, Yeah, Gordy's going. And I was like, What? Yeah, he's, he's, the deal's done, basically. He's going to do the light training session, then he's he's off. And uh, he, like, obviously didn't, well, he did, and he didn't want to, because obviously he was very settled in that, but the deal he was getting offered to the club that he was going to was just like, it was a no brainer for him, so he's uh, he obviously took it.
0: Yeah,
3: but it said in your head you're thinking, is is this where kind of when you look back that that's actually where it starts isn't it exactly yeah i think it starts to to crumble apart and probably the gaffer at the time knew that knew that as well you're losing your foundation kind of thing you rock at the back yeah you lose
0: 26 goals in billy painter and then you lose your captain in gordon greer who was an absolute warrior on the pitch as you as you point out and and you know charlie's there but i I guess thomas de and vincent pericard sadly don't match what billy achieved in that season and that was and even for billy it was was a slow build because he was understudy to Simon Cox goals wise yeah, yeah, yeah. for two seasons so you know he he earned his place and it wasn't till his third season that he became prolific truly prolific um, but yeah I mean this your final season at Swindon is one that you know every time I've spoke to someone that was in that squad my question is what the hell happened and they never really hold back they tell me it, it just it became fractured. It became it, the, the changing room went from one to two or three different sort of communities, the leads, yeah. the guys, and obviously David Prutton coming in, always mentioned as one Is of he? the <laughs> always, I mean, people, it's one of those, I I, I sometimes, to be honest, Alan, I, I feel bad because I've not had David on. He's doing very well for himself at Sky he's Sports. Flying, now yeah, He's, flying, he's flying. flying. So he doesn't give a rat's ass about this podcast and what people say. You um,
3: would actually be surprised because um, he, he'd, he'd give you, a, a sort of different insight into us.
1: Yep.
3: He, he's yeah. I I know. I understood. I was obviously in the changing room. I understand where everyone's kind of come from. Honest. Yeah. There was it's it's a different load of opinions. Really it said some guys just didn't like him and, and not like him because he's actually a really nice. He was really sound guy and I always got on really well with him. Maybe didn't like his kind of his mannerisms and stuff like that mm. and maybe how he put himself across. Yeah, might have come across to some as. Kind of arrogant, but then the other sort of, and you're thinking, now he's just saying it's try improve you, and that it was just, it'd be, it was just so broken that if you whatever you said to anyone, they were taking offense to us. So the the season beforehand, if you said something like that, they'd be like, yeah, you're right, and then you'd you'd kind of get on with it. As for different, when you'd say something this that season, yeah. it became like a personal, and everything was personal, and people were like, no, and then you were getting into groups, and it it, it was the. the, the yeah, what what you've heard was right. It was kind of segregated groups into different kind of areas of us, and um, it obviously didn't work at all. Which <laughs> is the the end result shows itself. But it's just it's it's just a shame that 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 squad because that squad was still very very strong. Yeah, was uh, that actually finished up kind of the way it did?
0: At what point did you guys
3: think? Oh.
0: Boy, because there was that game against um, Charlton where we won um, at the Valley. Um, yeah. You play, you started that game, I'm pretty sure. And um, and we won 4-2. And I remember reading in the uh, Swindon Advertiser, like, um, we still believe we can make the playoffs. And I remember reading that and thinking, are you kidding? What point did it become, like, terminal for the squad, do you think?
3: I oh, was it, well up till geez, why, nearly up till nearly the end of the season. Sure. You were thinking in your head, "We're we're too strong here. We'll get a run of games together." We've just look look at the run of games we, we've done in the past, yeah. and like one, we we're like, "If we get out of this," and then when it sort of hits you, that you're not getting out of us. That this is this is it. It's it's yeah, it's it's a horrible kind of feeling. But it's the whole club because. Obviously, the fans are absolutely gutted. You as players are absolutely good, but I, 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 think a lot of fans actually think, oh, the players don't care. They'll get a move elsewhere, and that. But I said it's always hard to, to get a move if you're sort of they'd be looking well, who's part of that team? Why did they go down? And yeah. I said it, it doesn't look good for anyone from anyone, even working in the club. It doesn't. Nobody in there obviously wants it, but it happens. It has to happen every year. It was just we were very unfortunate that uh, it happened sure. um, to to ourselves.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you want my two-dimensional opinion, you know, I think if if Charlie stays and he stays fit, his his ability to score is enough to get us a couple more points to see us over the line. I I would say that, but you know, the guy had a few bad injuries that year as well, so there was no guarantee of that. Um, yeah, you were there when Paul Hart was there, weren't you? Paul Hart was somebody who a year before did a miracle in keeping Crystal Palace. Yeah up and he was his, his remit his his job was to do the same and it went horrifically yeah. badly um but he was like an old school manager I suppose.
3: Yeah well it was one extreme to the other. Like you had one one manager like obviously Danny telling you you're the best thing ever i wanted you to feel part of the squad and then I remember jesus he came with the the academy and that and you'd just be thinking in your head you're like what the hell have I done and then you'd you'd speak to him and you'd be told a different story and be like, oh, no, yeah, just work hard kind of thing. And you're just like, you tell him me to work hard, but you're putting me with, like, academy and that. And it, it was one approach, was an old school way, if you want, he probably he wanted me out at the time. He wanted a few players out at the time because I, was, I wasn't just on my own. So uh, a few of us would be sent o- over <laughs> to train with them. But it was just an old school way as the... Danny, on the other hand, never kind of done that and made everyone feel loved to try get the kind of, the best out of you. Mm-hmm. At the time, don't get me wrong, I'm sure if you speak to Hasney and a few others, not naming names, but uh, he uh, might tell you different on Danny, but that's how he, how he made me feel anyway. Yeah. When I was injured, so I can only go on, obviously, how I, I've been made to feel, but with... Um, Paul, it was uh, completely different. He just made it very, very clear that you had nothing to do with this. Even if he was going to need you going forward, it was like you were basically like the the last kind of last shout mm. if you were going to be used. Well I don't, I don't even think he did kind of use. He'd bring me on now and again, but like there was no, he didn't, did not want. Uh, he there wanted to do his own kind of thing. Yeah. Which which didn't work. It well, could have been the other way around. It's like It might have worked for him in a different kind of way and then everyone would have said how great he kind of is. It's just, that's football, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. He he's, he's tried his way and it didn't work for us a
0: lot. We're not going to pretend, and you've already alluded to it, that, you know, your two years, you don't go down as the most popular Swindon <laughs> town player in <laughs> history. And You're being very polite. <laughs> I mean... You know at the time the sort of venom that was going your way from swindon fans don 't you I mean, yeah how, how I, I felt mean, it yes <laughs> that was my question really, because you know i do a I do a podcast where I talk to ex players and i'm and to do that, I think you 've got to be a certain type of fan and i i 've always sort of sw- playing for Swindon is like a holy grail for me it 's like
3: yeah. you can
0: be you can be i 've seen terrible performances i 've seen amazing performances, but ultimately. I respect every, almost every person to have been associated with the club. There's a couple of managers yeah. which I'm, who I don't think I'd want to talk to because I probably they'd probably hang up the call very, very quickly. <laughs> but I'm always, yeah. I'm, I'm always sort of like um, sympathetic because it's tough, man. You mean you you work all of your, uh, you, you you sacrifice your childhood to get into this level and. And then sometimes it just doesn't go to plan, does it? And it sounds like that you had sort of had one eye on, on kicking, or one eye on packing it in before you even yeah. arrived at Swindon. So, I mean, that that must have an impact. yeah?
3: It did, yeah, but he, like, it was it was weird because we played a couple of pre-season games. I think it was against West Brom and I played really well. It was West Brom that we played at Swindon for a yeah. pre-season game. And I felt great. I really did. And I remember coming off and he gave me a big hug and was like, that's the player I signed kind of thing. And made me feel, geez, you can actually do it. But then next minute you can be injured and you're just think, oh, that, the, the greatness didn't last. Long. Like you're, you're great for a game. Like you, you have a couple of games that you, you play really well for. But when you're injured, that's constant. And that's constant for two, three months. If you have a great game, you're a great game for max a week. And then you're on to your next game. And you're like, you either have to be great again or else you're crap or you have forgotten kind of... It's forgotten your last good game. But when you're injured, it's a constant negative kind of thing on it. So you're just constantly kind of down. I just, I just felt that everything was just so much more negative than the positives I was getting. So it was... You have to have a really sort of strong kind of mindset to be able to get over it. So there, like I said, there's different kind of fans. There's fans as well that... Well, some of them know football, and I'm not being disrespectful. Some of them don't have a clue. And they're just... But every, everyone's there and they're entitled to their opinion mm-hmm. on it. That's the great thing about football. You don't have to actually know a lot. You can decide, do you think he's great? No, he's crap. Well, you know what? Some manager who's been in the game for X amount of years does think you're good. So you, you kind of got to respect what they say, but some of them are just venom and just want to hit you with absolute abuse. And I'm always one that I can always take constructive criticism. So if somebody says to me, you're crossing that game is crap, you not, yeah, you're right, it was actually. Mm-hmm. Or if it's just like, you well, why was I shit? So, and you're just like, well, well, how much have I done that's just... And it's just like, some of them just want to be absolutely horrible to certain people. I remember like some of the the games, it was, what's the name of the forest stand? You come out from the tunnel, the forest stand. And I just remember, I'd hate going over it. So if I played well the first half, the second half I went over there, I was just being there was just like a small, and it was, a, you know, it actually was a minority. Mm. But we always used to say, why do you let a minority sort of be the, the main thing that you're remembering? But it used to be, and it used to be just like horrible, saying like stuff that you're thinking. I wouldn't talk to anybody like that. Yeah. And, but they think it's okay to actually sort of do it. If, if, if they went into work on a Monday and their boss was like, "You're f- your job useless. Get the f- what the f- are you doing?" Because they made make him a kind of mistake. Yeah, they're like, imagine how they'd actually react to us. They'd be like, "What the hell's going on?" They'd end up in a fist fight. But yet, some think it's okay to say it on a on a Saturday. Uh, but like I said everyone's entitled to their opinion I just wish at the time I was probably a little bit more thick skinned like I am now I wouldn't really care
0: you, you know you hear it and, and how is it how is it productive when your team is you know up against it or whatever and you're, you need to put in a, as good a performance as you can but you've got people always in your ear saying you're rubbish and it's just it just seems like it just seems like a negative doesn't it it's it's bizarre i mean i get it i'm not i'm not precious you're not you're clearly not precious you're not you're not standing there saying well is me it's a part of the game but it it is one of those things where especially when the going is tough you know I, i know football fans that will say their opinion at full time but during those 90 minutes they're what they you are, try support the team yeah, Exactly. exactly. Right. So it, it, it is, I, I am inclined to agree with that. And there's nothing worse than sitting next to that person. That's the
3: whole game. Yeah. And I then, said, like, I, I actually want to start going to more games because I said, I've, I've kind of gone out of the game like a lot now. Mm. And I said, I'm actually really missing it. And I said, I mean, you know hold on, but if somebody was beside me doing that, I'd be thinking, well, I going not actually tell you, like, just encourage them. Then yeah. at the end of the game, have a discussion and say, right, he was crap with your mates at the end of the game. Or if they were, if they lost, and you thought they were crap, do what you need to do. But the thing is, everyone they pay in, so if they think they're entitled to say and do what they want, I know they're clamping down on a lot of stuff now. But um, at the end of the day, everyone's entitled to their opinion, and I don't think what me or you say is going to change kind of uh, the minority, because it is a minority. The rest, the rest of the people are pro- probably thinking what they are in sometimes. But like you said, give an encouragement to try and get the team to get a result.
2: Oh dear!
1: Ball. Oh dear! Second. Swindon really back in it. Ball with a second. Three all. Past three nil
0: up. Now three all. So you leave before the season's out, don't you? So I think maybe before I the, the dreaded R is by our name. You,
3: <laughs> yeah, I was out before that, so I did not get relegated at Swindon, yes,
0: you're <laughs> correct. <laughs> so, I mean, so Paul Hart essentially got his way, or
3: were you like, just, you know, what? Well, I'm gone. Swindon, no, Swindon wanted, uh, tell the truth, Swindon wanted me. I think I, had to, I might have to sign something to say, I can't say anything, so I'll be careful. But yeah, sure. Swindon wanted, Swindon wanted uh, me out uh, I think they knew they were going down and were clearing off their um, their wage bill, which is was fine. Was, it was the right thing for them to do. It was the right thing for probably... Well, I would have obviously liked to stay and tried to do something the next season um, because they'd put a lot of um, effort into me getting me actually sort of back fit with the specialists that they were sending me to. And I, I felt that I was going to have a good pre-season and try, try to do well the next season, which... Where did I go to? Yeovil, wasn't it? Correct, yeah.
0: So it's, I mean, I think it just tells you, I mean, football is all you know for so long and like you said, you're thinking that you sort of injuries, I mean, you're going to pack it in, but you do sort of continue to play football for quite some years. um, But, was the last one, it, it,
3: it? Yeah, well, Yovel was the last one. But it was, it felt, I always call it the free fall. So it was like a free fall where, <laughs> where I started to where to where I ended up. <laughs> but you know what? I said, I went to Yoval and Yoval were, oh, Jesus. I, I, I turned up and it was like, so like back. Everything was different on it. Like the setup was completely different. It was probably like the most sort of standard kind of setup. That I'd been to, and I was just thought, like, you know what, this is actually good. And the guys there were brilliant. Skiv was brilliant. Nathan uh, Jones was there as well, and he was just sort of getting into doing coaching, so he'd sort of help out on us. Darren Way was there as well, and we actually, we, I was actually starting to enjoy football again. I felt wanted. Yeah. But I said, in between that, I, was, I went on Br- to Brentford. So Dougie went to Brentford, and it was first game of the season was Brentford Yeovil that season and I, I was I was actually fit I, I worked hard enough so I had to since so when you're when you, you've obviously got no club no income sort of coming in you're thinking "Your oh, edges. I don't want to go too long with with this so I need to I really need to look after myself and prove that I can be fit so I did look after myself and got fit and went to went on trial to Yeovil and done really well there and then Doug East was like oh come over to Brentford the gaffer wants to kind of look at you so I went over to Brentford and actually done yeah, we had, we had a, a trial game there and obviously you know from my record scoring is not on, <laughs> on that. We like in the in the uh, trial game, I think I scored four or five goals wow. in it. So I, yeah, it's completely out of character. So like they would have thought geez we'd be missold to if they did sign me and think that's what they're getting, they would have like soon realized I, that was not me. But just in that game, for some reason I scored four or five goals and I thought, geez, they, they have to kinda of sign me. I was, I was I was brilliant in it. Not building myself, well, it sounds like I'm building myself but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who cares? I could say it <laughs> I could say it I could say it now, it was in the past. Exactly. Played well. And um thought, yeah, they'll sign me and they were like, Yeah, well, we probably will sign you, and then Dougie kind of said to me, "Oh, they're not going to sign you. They're just uh, kind of pretending to sign you so you don't play for Yeovil on Saturday."
1: Oh, yeah, true story, on.
3: true story. Oh. And I just said to he, he did Dougie actually sort of apologized to me and said, "Sorry, yeah. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have told you to come over if that's the case." But yeah, it made me miss that game, and then uh, signed for Yeovil um, on the I think it was the Monday after I was there. Obviously, Brentford were Brentford and I just thought this their setup and everything they had over Yeovil was was great but um yeah that's they done that to me and I just thought jeez this but yeah I went to Yeovil and it was yeah great, really good sort of place but it's just the traveling I used to travel from Swindon every day. Yeah. It's not and that, oh, I used yeah. to hate it. I used to just dread it. Getting, I, just, I used to actually remember I used to think of excuses <laughs> why I couldn't get in. And I could never come up with anything. So I used to just be driving in, just raging, going, oh, I hate this place. But <clears> once <throat> I, I, I got there, the football was great. It was just a journey over. In, in hindsight, so you, you, I think you nearly have to move over instead of traveling sort of well, an hour and a half, two hours every day. And then after the training, I need to drive <laughs> an hour and a half, two hours back and then do it again. All all week, and I was just like, "This is just so." I signed a six month deal there, and uh, they basically said to me, "Prove that you can stay fit, and there's a contract there for you." So I think I played. You might tell me I'm wrong, but nine games in a row or ten games in a row? Yeah, you do. You do pretty well. Then yeah, yeah, I did. I did well. I played. I played. I was actually. I was actually feeling great. And then obviously the dreaded hammy came back, and uh, I tore us maybe October time. Yeah, you, you he,
0: you're consistent until um, early November.
3: Oh, November that was it, yeah. yeah. Tore my hammy. It wasn't even a, it was well, in terms of my previous one wasn't actually too bad of a hammy injury and I was just saying to Skiv, I was like, I'll, go, I'll come back from this, I'll be I'll be fine and he was like, Yeah, you will mm. and then I remember him just pulling, he, he the one thing with Skiv is he was he was brilliant. He'd he'd pull you and just he'd tell you how it is. And he just said he goes to the boards i uh I've said no, they they don't want to keep you. The the deal was obviously show your fit, and I was like, yeah, I played ten in a row for a <laughs> game, and I was fine. <laughs> I was like, I've just done Miami, so uh, I'm kind of I'm I'm out. But he put me. It was the first name on the. Well, I felt I might be wrong. If if you obviously ever spoke to him, he might tell you no, I wasn't. But I used to feel like I'd be one of the first teams on the the team sheet, first names on the team sheet, and. I did. I felt kind of really good there. But then once that sort of went, once he was like, nah, they're not going to give, I just thought, so you know, football and me, I kind of don't know. It was coming, it was coming there, I was like, I was, I, I'd actually like used to lie in bed and like wish, I, don't, I can't be bothered with this anymore. Yeah. I just want a normal kind of job because the fun was going out. Like the, the difference, I was actually thinking about the other day. I was, I listened to all those like positive things and, Get your mind right for the start of the day, and that. And I used to actually focus when I was between the age of like probably 12 to 21. Every day, I'd pray to play professional football. And then, once you actually do it, and it's your job and you're doing it, you kind of lose track of it. And you're like, you forget what you need. It's like you, you should really refocus, and think, no, you know what? I would need to play this many games. But I never actually done that. I used to just think oh, I can't be bothered with this anymore, and it, it probably looked like that. And then I came across like that, maybe that I didn't care. Like if you ask any, I probably for last from when I joined Swindon, probably looked like I just didn't care, and that's probably why I didn't. Which then, when I was getting grief, you kind of think, well, the fans are probably right because in your, even though you're trying to run on that, your mentality is still I actually can't be bothered with this anymore. It's just, it's just not what I want. No,
0: I so think you kind of fall out of love with it. And then it's back up to the northeast to play with your pal Chris Gate at Gateshead.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I went back up there. Jeez, Christ, that was that was tough going. I said that was that was a tough year actually for me because I came out of professional football. I lost my driving license, so I was actually at Gateshead with no driving <laughs> license. I had to buy a bike, and I just remember driving like was. And it was I'm sure as you know, you've lived up there. Mm-hmm. It was in like what was it February time, March, and it was freezing. And I remember I had to cycle to like tesco which was like a big 20 minute cycle and i'd have to cycle back with bags and i'd have like four shopping bags <laughs> <on my side. laughs> and luckily like it was all back so nobody could see me but i was thinking in my head like what the hell's happened to my life here i'm peddling around gates <laughs> to do my shopping <laughs> and then turning up to gateshead which gateshead is what it, it, it t- uh, sort of it was ticking time by uh, to get me to the end of the season but i i just said to um bogue uh, no chance i was going to be staying up there yeah. i said i was i was aware just um i had a little girl that year as well in the march so I was just like i had to come back down and i was like it's just not right for me up here and so i, I had to obviously re look at myself what what do i do next and this is where the great if,
0: you know reevaluation begins because you i mean non-league wise you have a good few years with hungerford and you have a couple of games at chippenham and and then wildston where you finish off but that's that's not the whole picture because this is where you are going into
3: your your new career isn't it yeah so i got, got involved i always had a thing cars were always my thing that i like i loved I, like people used to say i preferred i loved cars over football probably more which it's it's probably on par with them to be honest. And I just said I go, I was just blasé about the football kind of thing because I had it. And then obviously the cars because you, you played football, you could probably afford a lot of the cars. So I just thought in my head, I was like, what do you feel kind of passionate about? Because there's no point in doing something if you don't love doing what you're doing because it'll become a burden on you. And I just thought cars. So I mean, I had to I had to start at the bar. I had to do my apprenticeship. So I was 27 and uh, I was in a call center uh answering calls and trying to get people to book into buy cars and i had to do that for six months and honestly i just got to have a real i I got to a point where it's just like i can't can't do that i can't ring any more people and just say do you want to buy a car like it was (laughs) for obviously mercedes and that and you were just giving them some crap talk saying oh yeah look i can get you out of your car and it was just like i just can't do this but luckily enough uh one the the sales manager down there realized that i was still in contact with a lot of guys i played football with and saw a kind of opportunity to kind of u- use my contacts that i'd built up from playing football for many years so it gave me a chance to work for selling cars for mercedes for six years Yep, and then i got basically i call that my apprenticeship then i went out with gordon greer for a year we done a kind of joint thing car brokering and then last year i set up my own car business well i said I set up my own i said i've got a silent kind of partner That when he retires from football he is going to be doing it with me so we're in the process of building it up at the minute and trying to look after anyone and everyone to make sure that nobody gets kind of ripped off and Gets the car kind of they want is, so, is my my vision kind of
0: so is it like a is it like a brokerage for professional footballers specifically? No, it's very,
3: it's, it, don't get me wrong, a lot of the guys that I do look after are professional, but I, I do it for anyone. I just I saw. I built up a thing uh, in there, done my, obviously, professional sales course with Merck. So it's it's not a bad kind of thing to have. And it's, you can basically, I can get any deals, new used cars, part exchanges. I'm just trying to build and anyone that's after cars that hasn't been looked after, because I know a lot of people, even non-footballers, every everybody needs a car and uh, well, not me when I was a like eight because so cycling but <laughs> <laughs> in general everyone needs a car and I just thought in my head like oh, I just want to look after people and don't try sort of see a quick quid and try and make a fortune off anyone who said if you can earn less but get repeat business it'll it'll pay off a lot better than if you try to rip someone off because so. I, I saw a lot going on it happened with me in football I said it happens all the time so I just try to give honest professional kind of advice on it and do the whole process from people obviously getting out of their car to getting in a car it's all delivered to their door etc from direct from manufacturers etc but I like, go, oh, it's, uh, it's it's gone very well like, I just need to focus on it and try, try actually build it a little bit more but I do miss football so I'm kind of half thinking do I want to get back into coaching kind of part-time and sort of do that as well yeah well,
0: because of the nature of the industry you're now in where does where does football sit are you just like a, a casual watcher on tv or do you do you get to go to games
3: i do get to go to games yeah because a lot of the guys i look after are they they, they all a lot of them play or else they're and then they're coaching and we're working on a thing of basically getting into clubs i was up in everton Last week, be Sheffield Wednesday next week. And then possibly. well, if if Hasney gets his finger out, hopefully get into Man U. It's (laughs) pending because I think it's like Fort Knox trying to get into there. Uh, But he's trying to get us uh, into there to try to look after the staff uh, for staff cars, etc. But (laughs) being in and around it and talking to the lads and when you meet them again and sort of reminisce and go back on the laughs and stuff that you've had, you sort of think, geez, it's, it's a shame to pretty many years I actually played like football from what 12 up till 30 when last the only reason I stopped playing for Wilson is like my back sort of gave up so anytime I I run across the ball, I mean I was in a and so was like I couldn't walk for three weeks and it was just like my body's just being battered over the years yeah. but I just think in my head I'm like I think I've, I could actually got something to give to probably certain people and that could probably need some help along the way but it's just trying to think of what, what kind of level you want to get back in on because I want to build this business and that's my main focus. But obviously, it'd be nice to have sort of football um, as a part-time kind of thing as well.
0: So one of one of your ex-teammates, for example, takes over at Chippenham Town and they want an assistant manager. Is that the sort of thing that you'll be <laughs> yes. looking to do?
3: Yes, it probably is. Yeah, definitely. I said, but don't get it, that's it's still it's still time-consuming though. Mm. That level, I said, my old manager. Bobby uh, Wells, he used to go to games like all the time at that as well. Good friend of mine, Gary Horgan, he's at Chippenham now as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was manager, he was, but, he's, he's coach, uh, his but he's assistant, yeah. yeah he's, still there. Uh, he's there, um, but I know it's time-consuming, but it's, it's just something that you sort of want to be around or else. Go watch sort of more games, and I watch any game on TV. I watch apart from tonight because you're taking up my whole night.
0: <laughs> yeah, missing that Chelsea game. My apologies for um, it. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's that. Luckily for me, because it sounds like you're just about to t- hang up. Is, <laughs> is is not at all that that brings us to the end. So my final question, really, is because looking back, I mean. You're based in Swindon, so Swindon is a place of fond memories for you. It wasn't the greatest experience with the fans at Swindon, so, but but what when you think of Swindon and Swindon Town, this is what I mean. So when you think of Swindon Town, what immediately springs to mind? <laughs>
3: Hang on, as a club or as a, as an actual Swindon, the town centre because <laughs> certain parts of the town centre, hey, I won't say what I think. Hey, of I'm the... not from
0: Swindon, so you fill you feel your <laughs> boots. If you, everybody knows.
3: Well, you know, uh, you know what I actually feel. I actually feel a little bit bad. For, for I'll talk about the football club, not the town, because I actually live in Swindon, so I won't say anything bad. <laughs> but the centre does need a lot of work done on it, but that's <laughs> not for me to to and um, decide. Uh Swindon town club, but you know, it's a team I actually feel sorry for because you look at where where they are and what they've actually gone through to where. They have been and to where they were even when I was part of them, and it was it was such a like sort of big place. They were attracting big. I don't when I'm saying big players. I'm not. Don't mean me at all. I mean like other players that you think they, they're championship players. To then being like now and flying in the league too. So I'm hoping that somebody actually. I'd love. I'd love to just see somebody come in and just invest in them. I'd love to see someone come and invest in in the kind of the the whole kind of setup mm-hmm. of us. But I said. Oh, from speaking to people in and around the place they've been I think they've been wishing the same thing for for a long time as well but it hasn't happened yeah
0: and as far as your memories as as an employee of Swindon Town Football Club what, what are the memories that stick to mind Um, what memories
3: <laughs> Um, don't really what are my memories of Swindon as an employee it was it was just it was a it was a, it was a you know what It was fun. That's what I would describe it. It was fun place to be. It was fun as yeah, the the club itself at the time were were good kind of with me. Obviously until they wanted me out and then, but it was it was all going down then anyway. So it was just it was it was what it was. <clears throat> with it but uh, Swindon Town was probably the best sort of in terms of banter and fun in my life I, Swindon, when I was at Swindon it was the best and it was the best group of lads you could ever sort of want to be in and around and that, that's why I still speak to them all today I know you had Hazley on the show which gets mixed reviews <laughs> obviously but he, he's a really good friend and you know what he's He's very outspoken. I don't, I don't know how outspoken he was, but he's out and he just says says what's on his mind, kind of thing. Whether it's true or false, um, a lot of it could be for to wind people up. Uh, <laughs> but that that is how he is. I mean, he yeah, he is just he loves banter, and uh, that that was the kind of thing. That was it. He was injured all the time as well. Like he he was finished really. When I came, he was finished. He was. Injured, what we we call him Chocolate Knee. He like he he couldn't move, and he put on like so much weight, obviously on it, which he knew as well. But I think in his head he he was finished. And but you know what, well, you had him. So when I was injured, you had great banter with him, and there was a few others. Um, and then when you were when you were fit, there was all a great bunch of guys as well. It was it was a really really good club, and uh, it would be great to see sort of swing and get back to being like that. And yeah, hopefully uh, the like signing. Paul Caddis back as well. Hopefully, that's a sign of some uh, some more things to come in the future.
0: Here is hoping, Alan O'Brien. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is proudly sponsored by the official STFC Supporters Club. The music was created by the great Matthew Kilford and the artwork was provided expertly by John Daglish. Thanks for listening.
3: Come on, Swindon.
2: boys!
1: It's a grand old team to play for and It's a grand old team to see you know the history It's enough to make your heart
3: Care, we only know going to be a
2: show and the will be <laughs> Hi, Pod fans, it's JR here If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy